Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Falcoholic Podcast listeners, welcome to another episode of the Falcoholic Live. This is your host, Kevin Knight, reminding you to check out the show live on YouTube on Wednesday nights at 8.10 p.m. Eastern. We also encourage you to check out our Patreon page where you can unlock exclusive perks, including access to a patron Q&A session where we take Falcons questions for about 30 minutes to an hour. That's a lot of fun. You can find that page at patreon.com slash falcoholiclive. Thank you all for listening, and we hope you enjoy today's episode. Fellow Falcoholics, welcome to episode 141 of the Falcoholic Live. I am your host, Kevin Knight at Falcoholic Kevin, joined by a full house of wonderful co-hosts and guests this evening. First of all, you know him, Eric Robinson. He's on Twitter at underscore Eric underscore Robinson. Eric, how are you doing this evening? I am doing good, and we're one day closer to the NFL draft. Yes, one day closer to uh, the Falcons ending Falcons Twitter ending its eternal war over the fourth overall pick. And of course, we're going to get into that tonight, folks. Don't worry about that. It's never going to end. Yeah, it's not going to end until, you know, the draft pick has retired officially from the NFL or something like that. But um, yeah, also with us tonight, Director of Guest Personnel, Evan Birchfield. He's on Twitter at Evan Birchfield. Evan, how are you doing? Good. Um, I've got the best guest of all tonight, and you'll see him in just a few seconds. Yes. Um, Evan really pulled best, some so. strings to get this guy oh, on the show. Yeah, yeah. It, it was very tough. Such yeah. a busy schedule, man. It is, yeah. And that special guest is the Falcoholic himself, Dave Cho. Dave, how are you this evening? Imagine everyone feeling so let down when they realized it was me instead of an actual special. <laughs> it was like, like Julio Jones. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. I'm getting that it's Dave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a cool thing to do, but I appreciate it. We yes. don't feel let down. I mean, we're, no, we're no. pins and needles when, when the boss is around. So it's like, oh, we got it. You know, everything has to be perfect. So Yeah, I think this is, I think Dave's been on the show more this off season than like, Every, like each of the past like three or four seasons yeah. combined so we must be yeah. doing something right to get such a big fish on here like you know right. at least once a month so well i like I'm the glad glasses to look here, too fellas. yeah yeah That's thanks cool. i've been uh, i've been getting a solid headache from my laptop so i'm I'm officially ready to go to my grave so yeah but yeah not before the draft picks in hey so. exactly we got to make it to the end of april at least so uh speaking of guys we are going to talk in great length about the draft tonight uh the focus tonight's show is going to be on the fourth overall pick um we're going to talk about quarterback at four obviously we're going to break down the different prospects um you know i think each of us has some similar takes, but we might have some some separate takes about which quarterback we prefer and stuff like that. So we're going to get into that. We will also look at trade down as an option, look at some potential scenarios. We've done, you know, some mocks where we've looked at some. We've mocked some on the site. So we'll break down some potential scenarios and talk about that. And then finally, we will talk about non-quarterback at four. Uh, shout out George Costanza for the Kyle Pitts love. Um, and we'll, so we'll talk obviously about Pitts at four as a potential option. You know, we'll spend some time on Panay Sewell as well. That's probably the other most likely guy 
uh, that's not a quarterback at four. But uh, we're going to get into all that. But before we do, we're going to talk about um, some quasi-breaking news. It's not official yet, but all of the rumors on Twitter were were pointing to the Falcons obviously visiting with wide receiver and kick return specialist Corderell Patterson, formerly of the Bears. Um, he has not officially signed yet, but it was reported or rumored at least that the idea was assuming everything went well at the meeting that the Falcons were planning to sign Patterson. So um, obviously a very exciting player, one of the best kick returners in the NFL, not quite as prolific as a punt returner, kind of a kick return specialist, which is a really kind of rare breed these days, considering that a lot of teams do not even return. Patterson was one of the few returners that actually averaged better than like the average 25 yard touchback return in the NFL. So that is a plus there. And he's broken off a return touchdown in each of the last three seasons. So a weapon at returner and potentially a weapon for a creative offensive mind, which the Falcons may or may not have now. I I hope that they do. But uh, Dave, as our special guest this evening, you will get the first uh, uh, crack at telling me your thoughts on Corderell Patterson potentially joining the Falcons. I think it's a great sign. I was really excited to see this. I think, you know, from the perspective of Arthur Smith on offense, you really can't have enough weapons to play around with. And, And Patterson, you know, Certainly, they they used him to good effect in Chicago, both as a runner and as a receiver. Um, He can do a little bit of everything. And when you have Julio Jones, when you have Calvin Ridley, Russell Gage, Hayden Hurst, potentially Kyle Pitts or, you know, another great addition there, having a guy like that that can kind of fly under the radar but has really lethal speed is is important. And and that's not even the best part of the signing. You know, as a kick returner, he is probably going to retire – as the all-time leader in kick return touchdowns like this is an impressive guy he scored each of the last three years at least once you know he's one of the very best kick returners in the league to me it's it's you know it probably seems like a luxury signing in a way and in a way it is but this team has not had that kind of threat um in the return game for many many years and all the pieces you can get on offense to make this this season as successful as possible. I think you you add them if you can. And so Patterson serves two roles there. Um, there's a lot of intrigue, I think, now over the punt returner battle because he just doesn't do that um, really. So, but you know, another interesting storyline to watch for the summer. But I think overall, it's a great signing. I'm really excited for it. Um, hopefully, it'll be official soon. Yeah, yeah. Um, I agree with everything Dave said. Uh, and yeah, I, I, I like Patterson a lot. He's not the easiest wide receiver to deploy. And the Bears even used him as a running back, which was creative. Um, and I didn't end up like I actually had Patterson circled when I was considering making a video on wide receiver targets. But I think I actually let Dave handle that, that article. Um, so I didn't end up writing it. So I can't brag about it. But um he, he made sense because of the Dave Ragone um, connection, you know, being in Chicago. Um, I didn't know that he had a connection with Marquise Williams as well. You know, I, I think they were probably sniffing around Jamal Agnew, who was the Lions returner. Um, but I think Patterson is most valuable to a team that's going to actually use him on offense in some capacity. Um I suspect he's not going to be like ultra cheap. I mean, he'll probably be like less than 2 million or something like that. But um you know, I think they they need to find a way to get him touches because he is that dangerous as as a weapon. 
Um, but he's not necessarily your traditional just line up at X and go, you know, score touchdowns. He, he, you know, needs a little bit more scheme touches. But yeah, I think if someone like Arthur Smith could really take advantage of him. So I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, uh, Eric, I'll let you add your thoughts here as well on the potential for Patterson to join that team. You know, he, of course, he's going to bring some excitement to the return game, the kick return game, which um, in many cases is getting phased out. But when it comes to him, he's the exception because he's already, you know, the all-time leader in total kickoffs uh, return for touchdowns. Um, so I'm equally excited if he is to sign. I'm equally excited to see how he's going to be implemented in the offensive scheme. You look over the course of his career, um, when he was in Minnesota, uh, he was that one year with the Raiders, I think he had two seasons with the Patriots. Um, he was pretty much the type of utility guy that was put in many, many spots in the backfield, lined out wide. Um, I even saw a couple plays this year where the Bears had him kind of sort of disguised a little bit in the tight at a, as a as an inline tight end. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just, you know, flank out in that particular manner. Um, but the one thing that I did notice of all the teams he's been on and in the many different formations that he's been deployed, he's never really had a team. He's never really had to share a field with a talent like Julio Jones or a talent like Calvin Ridley. Um, he's played with Brady, but Matt Ryan is definitely going to be the second best quarterback he's ever you know. Yeah, yeah. Quarterback has really been his issue, just getting stuck with teams with right. four quarterbacks. I mean, yeah. He's played with Christian Ponder and Matt Castle and a young Derek Carr. So he's never really – Trubisky. He's never really had – outside of Brady, he's never really had the luxury of having a, you know, a prolific passer like Matt Ryan there. So I'm interested in seeing how he's going to be used in that way. I think in that, in that aspect, he can be – a really good chess piece. He can really, yeah. he can really be a good asset because of the, like I said, the fact that all the attention is going to be on Julio. It's going to be on Ridley. So if you're able to flank him out of the backfield, or if you're able to, you know, have him go in motions on end arounds and things of that nature, I think he can really bring some spark to this offense. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how he's incorporated in that way. But this, to me, I. I look at this, and, and I don't. I know people are going to read, may read too far into this, but would the Falcons really make a move like this if they don't feel as if they can possibly contend this year? I mean, I'm just. just it could be like they're. In, I mean, if it's a one-year deal, it would be a little bit strange, right? Because they're not really expected to be contending. I mean, they they certainly. It wouldn't be shocking if they were like in the playoff hunt. I mean, right. if they feel if they feel like, hey, this is a rebuilding year. Let's just start over. Wouldn't it be better to just, hey, take a rookie going back there? He's cheaper. Right. Yeah, know. like Roland. You know, I think right. people have experience with Roland. Like, I think Smith knows Roland. So, yeah. I look at a move like this and, and think, man, they, they really – they may be feeling as if they can add the right pieces here and there and at least make a playoff run this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I, Cordero is, you know, he's not just a guy you're just putting back. He's not like a Brandon Power. You're just putting back there to catch the ball. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Don't, no, sorry, is, Brandon Powell's brother. I know you watch the show. Yeah. This is a guy This is a guy, you're putting, this is a guy you're putting back there thinking he can take it 109 yards for a touchdown and flip a game just like that. Yeah. So I, I'm, I, I may be reading too much into it, but I look at this as a move that a team would make if they feel he can elevate them 
a bit. And, you know, it, again, if they if they really felt low about the team this year, as if like, hey, man, this, these guys, this is a four-win team. We're not going to do much. It will be more it will be more logical to just get an undrafted rookie, throw him back there and say, just take a knee every time you touch it. He's cheaper. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it shows something interesting about the team that they are trying to maximize, you know, returns, which like you right. said, is kind of something that's been minimized. But I think right. great teams try to get advantages anywhere they can. And it doesn't shock me um, that that teams would be trying to. They were, they were one of the worst last year in average. Oh, yeah. Season. It was bad. It was real bad. But yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to look up his contract stuff real quick to get an idea of what he might be asking for. But yeah, Evan, if you had um, some takes on Patterson, you can go ahead and throw those in yeah. as well. I, I'm familiar with him because my dad's a long time Vi- uh, Vikings fan. So I kind of what like was aware of him a lot when he entered the league. And Minnesota has got this thing where they're kind of set now. But at the time, they've been pretty much just trying to search for a wide receiver one. They eventually got digs and you know how that went, but now they got like Justin Jefferson and stuff. But Patterson was that guy early on and he kind of bounced around there for a minute, but he found his niche as like the, you know, a return specialist and offensive specialist where you don't want this guy to be your number one receiver, but like he can easily come into games and do damage. And that's what his role is. And he's succeeded at it. Um, I believe on special teams, he's been a pro bowler and first team all pro the last two years. So he's, you know, it's not like he's old and washed up. Like no. he's been doing it the last two years. Um, I'm excited. I, I agree with Eric. I think this is a type of move you only make if you're trying to actually win some games. Um, he's somebody who maybe they don't feel as confident that they're going to get, you know, like a top end running back in the draft. And just in case they have him on the roster because he can come in and play running back. He's not, you know, going to turn into Derrick Henry, but he can come in and take snaps at running back. Um, I think last year he even had for the Bears more carries than he did targets or receptions. Yeah, he had sixty-four um, carries last year for the Bears, which is ridiculous. But yeah, that's <laughs> ridiculous. So I mean, he technically wasn't even a receiver last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had twenty-five catches yeah, so. or twenty-one catches and. 64 games. And, and That's wild. I think his deal, I, I was looking at it earlier. I think his last deal to join Chicago was like two years for 10 million. I don't know if yeah. there was like incentives and stuff obviously added. Right. So the Falcons should get him, you know, for, you know, a lot cheaper. Um, I, I really like it. I think it's one of the first, obviously the Mike Davis signing and stuff, but one of the first signings where I'm like, hmm, that's interesting because I think he can actually do something for this team. Yeah. Um, they've got a lot of younger guys like uh, Zacchaeus that I like and stuff like that. But Patterson is proven. You know what he's going to give you. And on special teams, I mean, first team all pro the last two years and a pro bowler, like it doesn't really get a whole lot better. Um, yeah. I tweeted, uh, I put on Twitter that um, the Falcons haven't had a kick return since I think 2010. I think in the playoffs, Weems also had one, but regular season was 2010. Yeah. Uh Patterson's had eight since entering the league in 2013. So like he's capable of actually doing something on special teams, which hasn't always been, you know, something great for, especially on kick returns. So punt returns is Dave said he, I think he's got like one in his NFL career. So that's still kind of a question mark. It's wild. Uh, Maybe. Yeah. Maybe they try. uh, I don't know. I, 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 uh, I don't really know what the, 
punt return game is going to look yeah. like, but at least we know the kick return game <laughs> is going to be. It's handled, very so. He's so good at kick returns that teams literally yeah. have a separate punt returner with him. Like, he, and Evan's absolutely right. He has one punt return in his career, which is just give. I like. I would just give them. And his one punt return went for nine yards. So it's like okay, I, give I him another one. Yeah. Like, I don't think anything terrifies me as much on a football field as a punt return. Just the thought of you're looking up while there's grown men charging at you just oh, yeah. scares the shit out of me. So. You don't have to worry about that as a kick returner. No, you don't. Yeah, it's it's exactly thirty-five yards. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, Patterson. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting because Patterson um, did average twenty-nine yards per return last year, um, and the he's never actually averaged fewer than twenty-five. In his entire career, wasn't last year like his second most? I think it was his. It was actually one of his like more average years. He's had his rookie year in 2013. He averaged 32 yards per kickoff return. That is wild. The total total kick return yards. Oh, total yards. This was his third most. Yeah, but third most by two yards. Yeah, his second most was 1019. His third most is 1017. So basically, it was tied with his. you know, other season, but yeah, his, his rookie year, he had 1400 return yards. That is totally wild, but uh, yeah. Uh, So I'm excited about it. We all are. I think it is certainly worth investigating The the price will be part of it. I wouldn't be shocked if it's like a two-year deal or a three-year deal. I don't know that it will be a one year for him because like Eric said, like this is, this is a move that like a contender makes. Um, and he, I, he might actually want to be here just because of the personnel he's familiar with that's here. Yeah. So yeah, he might he even be to, taking like a favorable deal. You right. Know. Yeah. He actually gets to play with a good quarterback for like once. Um, so I'm sure he'll be happy about that. <laughs> I, mean, I know I would be. But yeah, I mean, I hope that they deploy him more effectively on offense than the Bears did because 64 carries is not going to be a good time like sure he's big enough he's like 6'3 and freaking 230 pounds yeah you could play him at running back but like i just feel like that's not necessarily his best role <laughs> maybe i'm alone with yeah that, it's, it's probably not but again I, I i think like i said if, if he's inserted the type of way that i expect the falcons to do so i think he can be huge he can be to me i feel like he can be that 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 key third down guy mm-hmm. because of the yeah. fact that Defenses are going to hone in on Julio. They're going to hone in on Ridley. They're going to forget about 6'2 Cordero Patterson coming out of the backfield on third and four and getting a small dump off and taking 30 yards. Like, that's to me, I feel like he can be such an asset to the team in that aspect. Um, and I'll, I also feel this, is, this may eliminate a possibility of getting a receiver. Yeah, it definitely makes it less of an issue. Like, I tend to think that, like, they're going to be taking a receiver, like, with one of their last picks just yeah. because it's the class. Yeah. Like, there's going to be a good receiver in, like, the I sixth round. But high as the fourth round, the beginning of day three, mm-hmm. but now a move like this yeah. they kicks it back. They may just kick the tires on a receiver. Right. Just... Yeah. I mean, it could be, like, the, hey. one of their late sixth. I mean, who knows? But, yeah. Treadwell's still on the roster, right? Because he's not listed on the team roster, like online. I thought he was. He got cut. I don't I think thought they resigned. Cut. I thought he just he's, like he's a free agent. Yeah, yeah he's, he's a, a free agent. agent. Oh, is he? Oh, okay. So yeah, that. Yeah, the, the last thing I'll say about Patterson is like what the Falcons needed was size um, outside of like Julio, 
uh, and I guess Christian Blake. They don't really have anyone over 6'1". Uh, Patterson is 6'2", but he's a long 6'2". Um, and he's also like 230 pounds. So he might be a... Uh, he might be more of a, uh, a a red zone or a possession receiver for the Falcons because they don't have the size. But, like, he's so fast, you know, I think you can easily scheme him touches in Arthur Smith's offense because it's going to create so much more space yep. than what, we've used, what we're used to seeing with uh, yep. Edric Cutter. Oh, sorry, that, that name, it's hard to say now. I'm glad that we're not dealing with that anymore. <clears throat> yes, somebody, so. Somebody, someone mentioned it on Twitter. Uh, just think about if they were to take, they were to take Pitts. <laughs> I mean, it would be dirty, yeah. Pitts and then like a guard in the second still round. Still have the weaponry in, in in Patterson back there. Like that would really be cheating, almost to be quite honest. With you. Yeah. Well, what if it's okay? What if it's uh, you know, we'll take this hypothetical here, right? So first <laughs> round, you know, at four, we take Kyle Pitts to help, you know, George Costanza who just tipped. Uh, so, George, I'll get to your tip in a second. Thank you for the $3, brother. Um, they take Pitts at four, right? Then they take Creed Humphrey at 35 or whoever you prefer in terms of a guard, uh, whoever's there. And then at six at 68 or whatever, then they take, you know, Gainwell or Sermon or something like that. Then then, then we're cooking with gas, right? Are we going to address the defense at all? No, no, just, no, no defense. Yeah, we just go all in on offense. That's probably the, their best the defense way to is win just gonna this be... year. Yeah. <laughs> the whole point of the defense, they're just going to blitz everybody on every play. You uh-huh. know, it's going to be engaged. Engage eight. Eight. Yeah. That's how they and got we're going to see what happens. That's how they got yeah. to the Super Bowl. It really didn't even matter. So, it was, yeah. Okay. I understand. Yep. Let's just do it. You know, <laughs> they're either going to score or we'll get a turnover. It's, it's, it's All beautiful. Right. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. All right. Before we officially move on to the great fourth overall pick debate, I do want to read off George's donation. He says, a good quarterback. Don't, you're calling Matt Ryan a good quarterback. Don't let Adnan hear you say that. Yeah, I know. He's not here, so we can get away with it. Um, he says, I want Kyle Pitts at four. Yes, we know, George. Thank you for reminding us. Uh, <laughs> and then he's praying that Najee Harris somehow falls to us in the second would we consider a small trade up to the very back of the first to get Najee? I assume he means for that like fifth year option, which is valuable for running backs because it's not very high. Um, that could potentially reconfigure the offense overnight. Then we just score fifty plus a game. Don't even have to worry about defense. No, man. I mean, I, defense, man. Come on. <laughs> we do have to address the defense at some point. I'm kidding about that, but um, yeah. I mean, no, 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 no. I'm talking. You're not the only one that's presented an idea of trading back into the first for another offensive player. Hey, come on, guys. We already, like, no. They... Yeah, I mean, I don't think the fifth-year option is that worth it, in my opinion. I mean, I, I, it certainly is. Like, the fifth-year option for running backs is one of the most valuable fifth-year options, in my opinion, because obviously it's not a lot of money. And a lot of teams are just hoping to maximize what they get from the running back on that rookie contract. So if you can give that fifth-year option and then move on and have that fifth-year, and then you potentially could do a franchise tag after that if you really like the running back, but... Um, I would consider it if Keanu was still around and Dante Fowler <laughs> was a reliable pass rusher. Yeah. I would consider it then. Yes. But yeah, I don't think they can really afford to trade up um, unless it's like on day three because they have a bunch of like fifths and sixths. So they might trade up some point on day three. But um, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't see a trade up for Najee. It would be cool. Um, if he was there at 35, there is a non-zero chance that one of those running backs is there, whether it's, Najee, Etienne, or Javante Williams. Um, 
Could you imagine that pressure, though? Like, if this team didn't put up 40-plus every game, people would be losing their minds. That's why they can't do it, right? Because then <laughs> it would be Pace like... Harris added. Yeah. Arthur Smith have to be, like, the best offensive Like, that seems ever. like too, almost too many moving parts where it would just... Like, who the hell do you even give the ball to at that point? It's just, <laughs> just like, like so much Everyone's happening. just wide open, and Matt Ryan just can't decide who to throw to because everyone's so wide open. He, like, doesn't even know how to read that. It's like, wow, everyone's open. I don't Well, we all know, too, like, if they score 40 points a game and they still lose because of the defense, um, you're going to have people going, I can't believe that even with Arthur Smith, Matt Ryan can't get us over the hump. So there's just no way we're going to win this year one way or the other. So, you know, <laughs> no. embrace the fire. Yeah. I mean, the defense was awful last year, uh, and so, I mean, the offense was decidedly mediocre, and they still, you know, should have probably won, like, seven games. So, in my opinion, like, we do need to address some very specific things in the defense, but the defense does not need to be, led, like, a top 15 unit for this team to be in the playoffs. Like, they just need to be not last year, first half. Like, if they're last year, second half, we're fine. Like, they're going to be able to win games, assuming Arthur Smith is a good coordinator because that was their biggest problem last year but yeah the defense was so bad in the first half and basically the whole team just crapped the bed like weekly it was it was honestly entertaining because it was like we were just waiting for the 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 newest way they were going to screw up and every week it was different too uh so you know let's hope that we don't have to deal with that again um we'll talk about more positive things like having the fourth they didn't blow the tank they didn't blow that so um Yes. So we do have the fourth overall pick in case you guys were living under a rock. Uh, and there's a lot of takes out there about what to do with it. One take has come in from uh, Ulysses Ventura uh, with the $1. Thank you, brother, for your donation. We appreciate that. He says, I want to trade down, see who slips from the top of the draft. Yeah, very reasonable take. Um, we're definitely going to break down trade options. Uh, and I think that is definitely a realistic scenario i think all three before we get started i think all three are reasonable um and we're going to try to break down each one and and why each one is reasonable um so it's gonna not be a contentious show you know we're gonna try to explain why people might like this thing or they might like that thing or they might like whatever and how each one of these things can be okay um obviously we all have our preferences and i'm sure we'll voice those as well but uh yeah let's get into it so the first one we're gonna break down the one I personally view as the most likely to happen, you're welcome to disagree, is that they're just going to take a quarterback at four um, and eliminate, you know, all of the suspense of where they're going to trade to. Is it going to be pits and all this? Um, I will say that I do expect that they have a quarterback or maybe two in mind that they are willing to take at four. And if those guys are not there, they will not. That doesn't mean they were always planning to not take a quarterback. We'll never know, but... Um, I don't think they're just going to take any quarterback that's there. Like, they're not just taking Mac Jones at four. If they do, we riot. So, um, yeah. Uh, Dave, as the resident guest, I'll also give you the first take here. Are you in favor of QB at four? Uh, or or are you favoring one of the other strategies at this point? So, I'm, I'm team. I, really, there's very few things that will make me unhappy, which is – it still makes me nervous to say that out loud as a Falcons fan because they usually find a way. Um, but right now I'm leaning toward a quarterback or, you know, if you get a blockbuster offer, yeah, go ahead and make that trade down. And I think, you know, I was just talking about this um, the other day about how 2008 kind of informs my thinking here because I did not want Matt Ryan in 2008. I was a 
Glenn Dorsey fan. I'm sure this is the first time any of you are hearing about that, but I was uh, I was a guy who who really loved Dorsey and thought that Ryan was not going to turn out to be a great quarterback. I favored waiting, um, you know, worrying about that a little bit later. And and I've been eating crow on that ever since. And I think you know the Falcons aren't in the same position they were heading into 2008 because you know, Ryan is still an extremely capable quarterback. I, I think the idea that he's dropped off significantly is very overblown and driven by Adnan um, specifically. <laughs> mostly, so, yeah. Mostly, yeah. It's just his agenda. But, um, you know, I, I do think too, though, that with a new regime, you know, you want to start thinking about what your team's going to look like in, in two or three years, um, especially when you have some cap space to play with and you don't have to sign guys for the veteran minimum just to fill roster spots. And and I think that the Falcons are going to want who they think can be their next quarterback in place. And I think they're going to be very tempted to take that person this year because, you know, they seem to really like Trey Lance. They seem to really like Justin Fields. Unless there's a complete curveball here, one of those guys is going to be available at number four. And, you know, sitting for a year or two, there's very few rookie quarterbacks that I, I don't think would be better wouldn't be better rather sitting a year or two um, behind a really capable quarterback. So I, I still think that is the likeliest Avenue for them. I know that is not a extremely helpful thing for this year, which is tough because we've been through three bad years in a row. Um, we'd all like it to stop, but I, I do think that's the route they're going to take. Um, it's probably the route they should take as long as they love one of those quarterbacks. Um, and if they don't, and this has all been a smokescreen, and you end up getting, you know, um, a 2022 and 2023 first out of, say, Washington or, or New England, and there's still players you like there, then yeah, you make that move. So those are the two that I see as more likely, um, which means it's going to be Kyle Pitts. So <laughs> yes, just because just because. Yeah, I, I do think all of those options certainly are on the table. Um, yeah, and we're going to break down the quarterbacks in more detail, too. I just want to give everyone a chance to voice their opinions first. So, yeah, Eric, where are you leaning right now? Are you Team QB at four, or do you have a, another preference? I, honestly, there's no I, – I, I'm not stuck on one option, to be quite honest with you. I just feel just reading the tea leaves here and there, I, I feel every option is on the table, and I think every option makes sense. To an extent, um, if they wanted to stay at four and take a quarterback, I completely understand why. I'm not. I'm not going to be that type of guy to say this is a terrible move and why would you do that? Like, no, you. We all have to come to the fact that that Ryan is not going to be here forever. Yeah. Like, gonna move on. Um, and this is what new regimes do. This is what new coaching staff. This is what new front office personnel they do. They get their guy at quarterback to plant their flag to start off their their tenure. Um, so, you know, I, I can completely understand there. Um, I feel at four, like the only avenue that they can go that will be looked at as if like, hey, man, they, they did that wrong, I guess, lack of a better term, is taking a defender that high. Um, I do like the defenders in this class, especially the cornerback class, but I don't think there's one worthy of taking at four. Um so if they wanted to take Trey Lance, I completely understand. The guy's 20. He's still still somewhat of a baby when it comes to the quarterback position. So I don't think any Falcons fan, any rational Falcons fan, will want him on the field anytime soon anyway. 
Right. Um, probably best that he sits behind a former MVP and learns. Um, yeah, yeah. Kyle Pitts, it took me a little while to get around to Kyle Pitts. I do like the dynamic he brings to the table. Um, and I feel he can expand the offense a little bit. But I will say this, he better be a Hall of Fame tight end. If you're going to take him that high, <laughs> he better be. He better be a Hall of Fame tight end. If he's not, you skip over potential franchise quarterbacks for that, it's going to come back and bite you. Um, yeah. So I, I right now, if the draft were tonight and they're on the clock and they don't trade down from four and they, they're stuck at four, I, I honestly believe they'll take the quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, and they might honestly get kind of backed into it. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. Obviously, we're not going to know. Like, we're not, we're not going to know. Like, if they take Lance at four, we'll probably assume, like, oh, they just want to Lance at four. But maybe they were really hoping for, like, a godfather-type trade down. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, they also just had to take – like, Lance is at the top of their board. They're just going to take Lance. Right. So, I, yeah. I, 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 okay, I'll take back my statement. I'm not 100% saying they're going to take a quarterback, but I would say it would be between mm-hmm. that quarterback and Kyle Pitts. I'll say that. Yeah, yeah. Um, between one of those two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I did want to read off just because it's kind of relevant. Um, Kevin Waldrop, aka Kevin Dog, uh, patron. Thank you, Kevin Dog, for your four dollar donation. We appreciate that, brother. Uh, he says, "I want to stay and draft the best tackle." So I assume he means Panay Sewell, but maybe he's leaving it open to our interpretation. He he might be a Rayshon Slater stand. I don't know. I assume it's Sewell he's talking about. But uh, yeah, that is also on the table. More of a dark horse at this point, I would say, because it seems like the narrative has shifted more towards Pitts, at least on Falcons Twitter. Uh, but yeah, Kevin, that is that is totally on the table. Um, yeah, uh, I, I agree with what Eric's saying as well. All good points. Uh, finally, I want to give Evan a chance to voice his opinion before we dive into all of the options. Evan, how are you feeling? Where, where are you leaning at this point in the process? Um, I kind of changed by the day, to be honest, um, just because there's so many good options. Um, the win now in me wants Kyle Pitts because like the thought of that offense is just, I mean, it would be insane. Um, the optimist in me looking forward to the future and stuff, the quarterback's the right decision. Um, because you, I mean, you're never going to get like an opportunity unless you trade up because hopefully they're not going to be in the same situation in the next couple of years. The problem with trading down is you're basically banking on the team you trade with to pretty much suck. <laughs> and you got to hope you can get up. What if there's only like one or maybe two worthy quarterbacks next year, or the next year or whatever, um, then you're talking about moving into probably the top two because teams always need quarterbacks. So you may never be in another position where you're staring what could be like a franchise quarterback in the first you know couple picks in the face for quite some time. So I kind of get both of those points. And to be honest, like these guys have said, I really wouldn't be mad at either one. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a boring, lazy take, but – we're just in such a good spot. Even if they do end up trading, like I'm not going to be mad. I, I get it because you're just building for the future. Um, I just think that it'll be easier to get your quarterback now than, you know, who knows what can happen next year. What if they trade with the Patriots and they end up being going to the Super Bowl and winning? Not saying they would, but they're drafting a quarterback because they want to start him um, if they moved up. So what if they end up going to the Super Bowl? Now you've got the 32nd pick you know, in next year's draft. And then if they're still good the following year, cause you get their first round pick, I don't know what the compensation would be, 
Right. But you have to also take that. It's not like, oh, you get a top five pick next year. Like we don't we don't know until the yeah. season's kind of over. So mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why those future picks are worth a lot less when you're doing trade calculations, folks, for those that don't know. Um, because you don't know where the team is going to finish. You just don't. Now you can assume that like, oh yeah, you know, the Jets are probably still going to be bad. Uh, but like teams like New England picking at 15, like that's the first time they picked in that range in a long time. Um, so it is risky potentially to, to jump in <laughs> to that sort of pick. But that's part of the calculation that people need to consider is you don't know if it's going to be a good first rounder or not. Um, and you just have to bake that in to your assumptions. But yeah, Really, I think most folks are considering two options for the Falcons at four in terms of quarterback. So one would be Justin Fields from Ohio State. The other would be Trey Lance from North Dakota State. Um, They're, I mean, Falcons fans for the most part seem to be pretty much okay with both. There definitely are the factions that prefer one or the other. Um, you know, George with another $3 donation said that if, you know, San Francisco drafts Mac Jones at three and we have the ability to choose between Fields, Fields or Lance, George prefers Lance. He thinks he's got higher upside. Um, but he also thinks people are going to be bidding heavily for the Falcons pick. And I think that's going to happen no matter what. Um, it's, I think it actually helps the Falcons more if one of Fields or Lance is gone uh, because despite what NFL people are saying, I don't think teams view Mac Jones on the same tier as the top four quarterbacks. I just don't. Like, maybe, I mean, some NFL teams are really dumb. Um, so I, I'm sure there's like a couple that are like, oh, Mac Jones is the best quarterback in this class. And I'm sure he is for the things that they're looking for. Um, and I'll let you guys figure out what they're they're looking for. But um, I think the, the, the quarterbacks people want to trade up for would be Fields or Lance. Um, so let's talk about, those guys, both in the context, mostly in the context of the Falcons. Um, you know, to me, Fields is the better prospect. He's has more experience than Lance. Um, they're both tremendous athletes, so it's kind of hard to differentiate, honestly, uh, which one's better in that regard. Lance is definitely more of a runner. Uh, Fields certainly can run, but he's more of a pocket passer in terms of his style. But, um, Fields, uh, his his big thing for me is his accuracy. He is absurdly accurate, uh, especially with the deep and the intermediate ball, which I think is a really important characteristic for Arthur Smith's offense. Um, they love to attack deep on that play action. He is a super athletic quarterback. His toughness is not in question. You know, he played through that Alabama game clearly hurt um, the whole time. I mean, that... And so... I, I think Fields doesn't have processing problems. I know a lot of people think that he does. Um, and that's, I guess, your opinion. Um, but if, if you look at Ohio State's play sheet, uh, you look at those plays and what it asks Justin Fields to do on every single play. And then you tell me that he's a bad processor. Uh, so I, I think I think a lot of the criticisms of Fields are overblown and, and born, honestly, out of this anti-Ohio State quarterback hive that has formed. Like, oh, and I'm going to take a second to break this down just so I don't have to readdress it. You're telling me you're basing Justin Fields, who is the only quarterback from Ohio State in recent history to come out with the sort of top overall pick hype. So this is his level. Dwayne Haskins was never in that like top five conversation, at least from people I talked to. He was always a first rounder, but you know, 
he wasn't being talked about like Justin Fields. So Dwayne Haskins, probably a bust. That's safe to say. Uh, the other quarterbacks you're comparing him to, these failed Ohio State quarterbacks, one would be Cardale Jones, a third rounder who had, what, like a handful of starts in his entire career. Um, that is not the same prospect as Fields. <laughs> not even remotely similar in terms of how they were valued or how they were thought of as prospects. So that's a little weird that you would consider, you know, Fields and Jones the same. And then the other one is Braxton Miller, who was drafted as a freaking wide receiver. So like I, you guys are like, Oh, Ohio state quarterbacks suck. The recent Ohio state quarterbacks have not even been good prospects. I mean, even Dwayne Haskins was probably overrated by most folks just because that was not a good quarterback class outside of the actual good quarterbacks who were taken. But, um, it's just overblown, and, and we try to tell you folks not to scout the helmet because these are different players completely. These are not the same prospects just because they have Ohio State on their helmet. So please don't use that argument. Like, if you want to say you think he's a bad processor because he goes to his first read all the time, that's fine. I think you're wrong, but at least, you know, it's based on something football and not based on the jersey that he's wearing. So this is advertiser content brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down. We break down who will be cutting cut. What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hip. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. We'll move on from that. But I, I like Justin Fields, as you can see. I'm not trying to hide it. I would draft Justin Fields uh, if I had the second overall pick, if I were the Jets, and I would not hesitate. Um, I do not view Zach Wilson as on the same plane as Justin Fields. Uh so one question I have for those that want to punish Justin Fields for donning Ohio State helmet, would that individual not have taken Joe Burrow last year, first of all, from LSU? I mean, possibly. <laughs> I, I don't know. Before LSU, before Burrow, I mean, LSU is not turning out. Zach Mettenberger, man. Uh, would you have not taken Patrick Mahomes in the first round? few years ago because before Patrick Mahomes I mean Texas Tech is not producing quarterbacks left and right I mean you you gotta you have to get over the there's uh, you, you have to get over the fact that not every powerhouse college football team is able to, to put out a ridiculous number of quarterbacks every year like I mean it's it's you you when it comes to being a quarterback it has it for the most part, when it comes to elevate or, or scouting these high-ranked quarterbacks, man, you got to get rid of the fact that they played with a certain helmet 
Like, who cares? Justin Fields needs to atone for his sins of being an Ohio State quarterback. When Deshaun Watson Watson came out in 2017, was anybody saying, let's not play Watson because the quarterback's up? Like, it's just – you got to get rid of that. You got to get rid of it. And, like, people – like, I I feel like people are, like, underrating – Fields' athletic ceiling because he didn't really like run that much, but like he is as dangerous as a runner as Trey Lance. Like I would be surprised if like Lance didn't, didn't he necessarily... run a four four. Yes, Fields ran a freaking four four at like two thirty. Like he is fast and he stumbled. So it yeah. Could have been a four three. Could, yeah. Could have been a four three. Also, while we're airing our grievances, can I mention <laughs> the thing I keep seeing like on Twitter and stuff? Um is that it's like a knock to be the fourth best quarterback in the draft, but it doesn't actually mean they suck. Like, like in, if you were to take like Trey Lance or Fields and put them in a different year's draft, they might've been the number one quarterback. It's just we're in, you know, this is going to be probably a season where uh, a draft where you have four, you know, top quarterbacks go in the top picks and that like never happens. It's just a rarity. So that doesn't mean I, if you get a quarterback at four, they just suck. This, like, I'd take it a step it further and say that Lance or Fields would be the number one quarterback taken next year if they were in the draft next year. Justin Fields definitely. This is this is a rare occurrence where the fourth best quarterback in this class is probably still a top ten player overall. So don't yeah. look at don't look at yeah. QP4 and think, oh, my God, this guy doesn't even deserve to be drafted in the first round. Like, no, this is a class where the top four quarterbacks – you can make an argument that the top four quarterbacks are probably the top five or six players in the draft. That's just, that's just how it's yeah. stacked. Yeah, and, like, yeah, I, I agree with everything you guys are saying. Don't get caught up. First of all, don't assume that the fourth quarterback off the board is the fourth best. That is not a safe assumption. NFL teams do not always make the right decisions like the Jets are doing right now. (laughs) Literally, literally the Trubisky year, like draft, that should show you that it doesn't matter if you take the the quarterback first. It doesn't mean they're going to be better than the next couple quarterbacks that go. Right. And you also have to take, that's why numerical grading is really good for those that don't necessarily do numerical grading systems. I know the draft network folks do, and you can listen to what they say. It's like, look, Fields is like, would have been my QB one, you know, in a lot of classes and all this, but because he's not Trevor Lawrence, who is like one of the highest grade, I think it's the highest graded quarterback prospect for most people since like Andrew Luck. Um, everyone's like, oh, well, Fields just isn't that good. It's like, no, it doesn't make Fields not good because Trevor Lawrence is insane. Like, <laughs> So, like, you the, don't look at, like, oh, this is, he's RB3 or, you know, he's quarterback three, so that means he sucks. It's like, no, if the three best RBs are all first-round talents, then they're all good players. So just don't get too caught up in that. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, if you, I think a legitimate criticism of Fields is that his quick game is not great because he does have an elongated release. Um, so I think if you're concerned that you can't fix his release and you're concerned about the potential for turnovers and you're really reliant on quick game stuff, like you need your quick game timing to be like super tight, which is, this is a reason why Shanahan maybe is less interested in fields because I would say the weakest part of his throwing is his quick game stuff. He just doesn't have a super quick release. Um, 
And also, but, he's an Ohio State quarterback. Well, so, you, know, you know that I, I can't do anything about that. On there's, not, there's no amount of development I could do to get rid of that, unfortunately. But yeah, did you? I didn't ask you, Adnan. We, we <laughs> forgot uh, what your what your preference is before we. You know, we just started the great debate. Do you have a side? You know, are you team quarterback or team trade down or team non quarterback? <laughs> we just started this debate. We've been having this debate for like four months. The people um, crave more debate, Adnan. We just this is the official <laughs> Ray Falcons fourth overall debate. All that other stuff was just practice. Oh, oh yeah. The yeah. other stuff was just warm up for now. Yes, I'm sure um, we'll debate it the entire thirty minutes before the Falcons pick at the end of the month, oh, too. So. Um, I mean, if that was just warm-up, I can't wait to see what George Costanza has up his sleeve for the next <laughs> three weeks or so yep. with Kyle Pitts. No, I, <laughs> I, I've been team Justin Fields the entire time, team quarterback the entire time. Not yeah. that I hate Matt Ryan like some of no, you no. guys are trying to push with this narrative. Um, but, yeah, it's better to get someone – better to get your quarterback before you need it rather than be like the saints or the panthers the panthers especially man like they are they're like like they're a child yeah yes they are the living warning they figured oh we'll just go with teddy for a year and then we'll just get our quarterback this year and now look at what what ends up happening there you never know the factors when you have the opportunity you pull the trigger especially on a quarterback like i said who would probably be the number one quarterback off the drop maybe even be the number one pick yeah, uh, in the entire years. drop next yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you have that opportunity, you take that chance, and you don't you don't get too cute with it and be like, "Oh yeah, we'll just we'll just figure it out later." No, the teams that think that try to figure it out later are the ones that are stuck with mediocre quarterback play for a decade. Yeah, yeah, and like. Yeah, I definitely want to get into all the things Adnan brought up because those are important context for why a quarterback at four is a potentially very good move for the team. But before we get to that, I do want to touch on Trey Lance too. Um, we talked about Justin Fields and all of his strengths and, and weaknesses. Weaknesses are few. Processing is not one, but you know, whatever. I digress. Um, Trey Lance is all potential. Uh, and obviously it's tantalizing. Um, unlike Fields, Trey Lance does not have an elongated release. Lance has very good quick game. Um, and I think his deep ball is really special. Um, Lance has a freaking cannon. Um, the thing with Lance is that he is a little bit spotty with his accuracy. His mechanics are not great, um, but he's not raw. Like, I know a lot of people are like, oh, he's playing at NDSU. He's raw. No, this is probably the most, this is probably the quarterback, maybe other than Mac Jones, who's run the most pro-style plays of any prospect. Because guess what? At North Dakota State runs a pro-style offense. So, um Lance is not as raw as you think. Now he's not played against a great level of competition, so that is something to consider. But I hear exactly of- what you're saying, Kevin, and I agree. We need to take Mac Jones, the pro-style <laughs> gunslinger. The thing is, like, I think Lance actually probably did run more pro-style plays because Alabama did not always run pro-style. Uh, so, but yes, I digress. Um, so Lance's special traits, you know, obviously a phenomenal athlete, much more of a seasoned runner. Yeah. But yeah, I, I I think when it comes to him, well, and I don't I don't want to punish him for making this decision of sitting out last year because I completely understand. Um, so, but he hasn't really had a season's worth of competition in two years. Plus, he's got roughly what about three hundred career pass attempts. Yeah, yeah, it's not a whole lot. Um, 
so the upside is definitely there. Um, you throw on a film, yeah, the guy's got a rocket going on, which makes you intrigued because if he's looking this great as a deep passer now, you know, just imagine if he has some seasoning under his belt. So, yeah. I, I, me personally, I think he would be, he would definitely be QB one next year if he would have came out next year's draft. Yeah, there's there's no doubt about it. Yeah, and I think that was something he considered. Um, but I, yeah, I, I think it's also interesting, you know, to potentially think about like some of these quarterbacks. You think like you would assume they all want to go first overall, right? Honestly, some of them might be like this is a stacked class. But like, if I'm like the third quarterback off the board, I'm probably going to a better situation. <laughs> so I wonder if that factors into some of their decisions with this right. too. But um, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's an ideal situation. He's going. To, he he could be learning from Matt Ryan. Yeah, and that's like how often. Like look look at who Herbert had to sit behind last year. It the total difference, the contrast there. Like, come on, seriously. Like, this is a what 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 young quarterback would not want to learn behind a veteran quarterback like Matt Ryan, who's done what he has done over his career like that is a that is a plus yes i think that's one of the reasons like people have hyped up lance to the fact because it makes a lot of sense from that angle that the falcons obviously have time to let him sit a full year at at least um i suspect it will be one year i don't think it will be two Uh, i know george asked about that i forgot to, to answer it yes i i i don't think it will be two years unless trey lance is not ready which is a problem obviously um then like they're, they're, the Falcons are, are going to make a decision on Ryan next year. He's either going to play out his contract and add void years, or he's going to be cut slash traded, probably traded, almost certainly traded, but I believe so too. And, yeah. and I don't think it's going to be post June 1st. Like, no, no it'll be really hard to make that work. It'd yeah. It'd be hard to make that work. I think if Matt Ryan has a great 2021 season, they will start picking up the phone and dangling him out there. on the Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so that's, that's Lance, you know, Lance is more of a, a little bit more of a project in the fact that he needs to really work on his mechanics to get his accuracy more consistent. Um, and he hasn't played against the same level of competition as Fields and Lawrence have. I mean, Lawrence ACC, not exactly the world's best competition, obviously Fields of the big 10, some competition out there and, you know, playing in the national championship and all that. Uh, is is good experience, but I would say Lance is the bigger projection of the the top quarterbacks, just because one year of starting against FCS competition, you know, it's hard to to say, but we can see the building blocks of what Lance can be, and that alone, just that glimpse, is enough to take him top five for a lot of teams. Um, because if he does hit, you know, his potential is ridiculous um you can see how special his accuracy can be if he does his mechanics right like some of his throws are maybe the most impressive maybe even more impressive than some of the throws that uh, trevor lawrence has made but he just doesn't do it on a down-to-down basis as much as you'd like so with a year of seasoning in atlanta i think that's ideal for him um i don't think they're considering mac jones at four so i don't really think it's worth talking about no i don't think they are uh, no. I, I think everybody. I think everybody here on this panel will agree with me when I say that, I, and they probably seen it too. I think a lot of people are, are undervaluing the 
what it's like to have a franchise quarterback in place and how that really is the legitimate building block for your team. Like you can, oh, no, Eric, they grow on trees. It's so easy to get one. Uh, just, I mean, fuck one, right? Like, that's how it is. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Just go out onto the street and just like grab one whenever you need it. Right. But I mean, I, I, and you know what? It's funny that they, that they have that opinion. And then Matt Ryan, you know, plays for their favorite team because go back to that 2008 class and tell me what quarterback you would have taken over Matt Ryan in that class. Matt Ryan's the best player from that class. Yeah. So, like, imagine what the Falcons would be right now if they did not I do think it's some bias just because the Falcons, Matt Ryan has been such a stabilizing force. And even before Matt Ryan, you know, you had the Mike Vick era, and Vick was the franchise quarterback to the point where the Falcons only had one year where they didn't have, like, a true franchise quarterback at the helm. Right. So uh, I, I can see the perspective of, you know, Falcons fans for the most part seeing, like, Oh yeah, like we've had a stabilizing franchise quarterback for the better part of two decades at this point, mm-hmm. where you know it makes it seem like all right, it's it's something that just happens. It's not something that just happens. Like you know, it's very rare for a team to go from one franchise quarterback to another one with only like a year or two in between. Like Indianapolis did it with Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck. Uh, the Packers did it seamlessly with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, but. You look no further than teams like the Buffalo Bills, teams like the Miami Dolphins, the Cleveland Browns, who never could figure out that quarterback and who, as a result, have gone on decade-long playoff droughts. And, you know, that's something that's that the Falcons are eerily close to if they don't figure this out after Matt Ryan. You don't want to be back in the 1990s. Like, I, I remember the 90s, and I love the Falcons in the 90s, but you had Bobby Bear, you had Tony Graziani, Jeff George, Chris Chandler, you know, who was really great there for a couple of years. But, like, you were cycling through quarterbacks. And even if they have a good season here or there, you don't want to be in that spot where you don't know who your next quarterback is going to be. It's not It's not where you want to be. I, I, yeah. I, think, I think about the Raiders a lot, too, in that situation. And yeah. the, the quarterbacks that they've cycled through when Rich Gannon left. Mm-hmm. Like, man, that's – and look how long it set that franchise back. Um, but it, the Bears is another team. The, the Bears with Trubisky. If, if Trubisky would have hit his stride, the Bears could have really been – they could have made some playoff runs. But they're, they're a team that's been held back somewhat because of the fact that they can't get the quarterback position right. And I don't – I swear I don't want to see the Falcons in that situation because it can, as we brought up with the Raiders and the Browns, it can go on for 20 years. And you're just – you're just 20 years of not making the playoffs, man. Yeah, yeah. So part of the reason – I think if the Falcons were picking fifth – or sixth, we probably would not even be having this conversation. Um, or at least we would be like, oh, well, if a quarterback falls, then maybe. Um, so they would have they beat the Chiefs. Then you yeah. wouldn't even have this issue, right? Exactly, yeah. So it's the reason that, that – and I know there, like, there's a lot of good arguments against not taking a quarterback at four, and people in the chat are, are really getting – you know, are, are getting at some of them. Um, and – the reason that you're considering a quarterback at four here doesn't really have much to do with Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan is still a very good quarterback. Matt Ryan is going to be playing at a similar level to where he is now, probably for two or three years that you can bank on unless anything super crazy happens. But um, 
you could probably expect at least two to three good years out of Matt Ryan. Um, the the thing about it is you are not going to have the opportunity to potentially get a quarterback that you view as your franchise quarterback without giving up any resources except a single first-round pick. Um, at fourth overall, too. Like, you're not sitting at one with the opportunity to just take whoever you want. This is sitting at four, letting the draft fall to you and still having a chance to take a guy that you think has an opportunity to be your franchise quarterback. Even a ticket at that sort of prospect is arguably worth more than any other position. Um, Because as much as people might think that Kyle Pitts is a sure thing, Kyle Pitts is not a sure thing either. Obviously, he's awesome, and I would be shocked if he's not really good. But I would be shocked if, like, Fields is not really good either. But this shit happens. Um, So don't assume because you're taking Panay Sewell or Kyle Pitts at four that you're not going to get a bust just because it's not a quarterback. Quarterbacks are always talked about as the biggest busts because so much is on the line, and usually people are trading up multiple first-round picks to go get these quarterbacks, so if it busts, you're, like, totally screwed over. But with the Falcons, it's almost like it's less risky. They have Ryan. They take this guy, if it's Fields or Lance, whichever one they prefer, whichever one they have to choose from, um, for just fourth overall just a single first round pick so if obviously if you miss on a top five pick that's awful but imagine san francisco let's say san francisco takes you know mac jones at three in this bizarro world where they actually do that and mac jones is just like an average starting quarterback they failed in a huge way because they traded two future firsts to go get mac jones at three and also spent the third overall pick the falcons are going to just spend four for their chance. And if they don't like the guy and it looks like he's not going to pan out, they don't have to just throw Matt Ryan out the door. I mean, obviously it would suck if you spend a top five pick and the guy's a bust, but it happens. Like they have the choice to keep Ryan for as long as they want. No one's forcing them to start. You can also, and I'm sorry to cut you off, but you can also trade that rookie for at least a second rounder. I mean, look at, look at what bad quarterbacks are going for. Freaking Darnold. Darnold got like four picks. Darnold just had he, – he had more picks than touchdowns this past year. He looked terrible. <laughs> did the Raiders – I mean, not the Raiders. Did the Patriots get a second round? Or for Garoppolo, yeah. Yeah, who, who played like two games in his yeah. career during the play gate. Yeah. Um, they got some for Brissett too, didn't they? Yeah. And he wasn't even like a top pick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I guarantee you someone – will give them a first-rounder for Justin Fields, who hasn't hit the field. I, I can promise yeah, you. Yeah, he doesn't even play. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, jo- Josh Rosen looked awful his rookie year, and, and he, he got, got a second round pick. The next year, yeah. Like, yeah. teams are well – yeah, go ahead, Dave. Yeah, yeah. No, I was just going to say, and the other thing, too, is, you know, I'm reading the comments here, and, and I get where everybody's coming from. We are so thirsty as Falcons fans for a great defense, like – it's been so long. Like, I get it. But I think the thing that we have to keep in mind is unless this team trades down, they seem unlikely to take a defender at number four anyways. Like, you've got nine picks. Um, Hopefully you're going to make a move to pick up some additional ones in future years. Like, that's when you're going to address those positions. You've left yourself in a position where safety is a must. You can make upgrades at pass rusher. You kind of have to. Like, 
the quarterback debate is really about, you know, are you building to support Matt Ryan right now with a potentially elite player, whether that, that's Sewell, whether that's Pitts, or are you taking the quarterback of the future? The defense is going to be built after that, and it's going to be built on the back of what Dean Pease can do, being more aggressive with the guys he's got. Like, that's that's just a fact. Like, they are not taking a defender at number four. So just keep that in mind when you're thinking about this debate is, like, it's not an opportunity cost because I really, truly do not believe, again, unless they trade down, they're not taking defensive four. And, and, the, and the thing, we're, none of us are saying they need to draft the quarterback at four. We're coming from the perspective of if they take a quarterback at four, here's why it works. Here's why it makes sense. That's, that's what – and I think a lot of people confuse that you know, for our opinion, when it comes to that, we're, we're sitting here saying that they need to take fields or like, no, we're not saying that. We just think that here's our logic as far as why they would take a quarterback and why we feel it would be a, a, a smart. And they, they have a luxury that they didn't have in 2008, because at that time we literally didn't have a franchise quarterback. Like we would, if they would have went Glenn, I think it was Glenn Dorsey. Um, it was, you know, that can't miss, can't miss, um, you know, prospect. And then you're, who knows what happens, but you're going into the season with probably Chris Redmond at quarterback. Yeah. Instead, you took Matt Ryan and you were set. Now we have Matt Ryan who can still keep playing, but you still don't want to get in a position where you've got like a Chris Redmond coming in because you were able to then after Ryan's done, get somebody in yeah. there. Like Look, you did yeah, rookie. Right? Hey, what were you thinking? You're I can't alone. have you sit here. Also, Dave, Dave's going to fire me now. You're not alone, Dave. Dave, Dave what were you thinking? I wanted Glenn Dorsey, too. You're not alone. I wanted Glenn Dorsey also. I, I thought he was going to be the next Morris I Yeah. They, sure. That's what that's what the everybody was saying it. It was the thing. Like, we're not making this up. Like, he was a can't-miss, you know, prospect. But we needed a quarterback. That was the problem. Yeah. He was the best player in college football that year. No question. So, yeah, you're, you're not alone, Dave. Yeah. I, I appreciate that because, you know, it, sometimes it still hurts a little, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, it does. But, but, and I have to head out uh, very soon. But before I go, I just want to say to Dave's point about defense, Glenn Dorsey aside, you have to play to the draft. You have to pl- You have to play the cards you've been dealt with the draft. If you, I'm not saying that Patrick Sertain uh, wouldn't be fantastic as a Falcon or Michael Parsons. I like all of those guys. Not at four, because in that case, you're reaching for position. You don't want to be reaching for position, especially when you're in position picking top five. You won four games last year. This team is not one cornerback, one linebacker away from getting to the Super Bowl. Like this team has so many holes. And if, if quarterback wasn't a pressing need post Matt Ryan, and if quarterback wasn't the most important position in all of sports, then I would completely be advocating to go best player available, whether that's uh, Penny Sewell or Kyle Pitts. But there are some drafts where you know defense is stacked at the top, and you take that big time defensive end, or you take that big time safety or big time cornerback. But there isn't that right now in this draft there isn't Jalen Ramsey in this draft as that big time cornerback you know there isn't 
Uh, so I'm, I'm blanking on some of the big time linebackers uh, from years past who went top five. Parsons but, is pretty great. Like I, I mean, I can see Parsons going early, but yeah, yeah not, but, but not a thing. four. Right. Not a four. There's, there's no Chase Young in his draft. So no, yeah. there's not even close. Yeah, and that's if there was a pass rusher that was going in the top five, like you can bet these debates would be even worse than they are oh, today yeah. because yeah. it would be awfully tempting, right? So, oh, absolutely. If Chase Young was in this draft, like I mean, I'd be, I'd have the angel and the devil on my shoulder right now, like you know, telling me, pulling me both ways about you know what we're gonna do, whether it's quarterback or Chase Young. I'll be honest, if there was a Chase Young in this draft, I'll be one hundred percent on board to take Chase over Gordon. I mean, that's just that's just me. Um, hey, you think Washington would uh, give Chase Young the trade up? I think if you get Snyder involved, almost anything can happen. He's called Riverboat Ron for a reason, right? Let's just. Yeah, how are you feeling today, Ron? You wanna, I mean, you got plenty of. You got Montez, but you don't need him. <laughs> yeah, why not, right? Why not? Um, yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, but like I said, I, I would feel that way if, if Chase Young was in this draft, but he's not. So, like Adnan said, you have to play to what you're presented to the draft. And right now, the top half of the draft is offensive heavy, and mm -hmm. it just so happened to be a ton of quarterbacks at the top half of the draft that are really good. I mean, there there's a potential to be you know four franchise quarterbacks in the top half of the draft. So you I mean, you got to you got to play to what's presented to you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just to, to close on this so we can move on to some of the other. The uh, and other... on that note, I will see you guys next week. Oh, probably. yes. Thank you I for guess. popping it on. We appreciate you. Yeah, I just came for Twizzlers length uh, worth yeah. of time. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Twizzlers. <laughs> Fresh maker. Yeah. We, we missed it last week. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So at the end of the day, we're just trying to explain to folks that aren't in favor of drafting a quarterback that there are reasons to do it. Um, and I know there are some questions about it that I'm going to get to as well. Um, quarterback at four is not the only option. If the quarterback, like just because I support quarterback at four, doesn't mean I'm going to be pissed if they get Kyle Pitts at four. I just think if I was making the call, that's the call I would make. I don't think it's the wrong call to take Pitts. I don't think it's the wrong call to trade down, depending on what you get in terms of compensation. Um, it just depends on what the team wants to do. And I think there's a very realistic scenario, and you guys need to prepare for this, that the Falcons view their best shot as a two- to three-year turnaround, where by 2023, they're going into that season with a, a quarterback on a rookie contract uh, and a lot of cap space because Matt Ryan's been cleared off the books. Um, that will be a very different team. Obviously, there's an element of risk involved with that, um, but it, it is one option. Um, so, yeah. We have uh, Ken Baller with the $10. Brother, thank you so much for that, man. We appreciate you. He says, no question, just watch all the time and enjoy the conversation. Ken, thank you very much, man. We appreciate you. Um, we've got uh, Show You Right with the $5. Brother, thank you. He says, uh, Smith made Tannehill into a franchise quarterback, so I don't think Smith needs an uber quarterback prospect to be successful. Sitting a quarterback for one to two years, you potentially lose some of the value of that rookie deal. Um, seems like that could be a bad business decision. Why take a quarterback given all of this? Yeah, I mean, I would just point to what we were talking about. Like, yes, you're absolutely right. It's not perfect in terms of getting the most quote-unquote value out of a rookie contract for a quarterback, but 
while that's a great competitive advantage when you can have it, it's like an icing on the cake type of thing. Like the league is such a way where right now where you either have a quarterback or you don't. And if you don't, you're not in, in it. You're not competitive. You will not be relevant in the league. So making sure that they stay relevant by getting a quarterback, assuming they think one is there at four, which they assume is going to be their quarterback for the next 10 plus years. That is why they would still consider it, even though, yeah, go ahead, Eric, go ahead. And a lot of people want to point out the fact that, you know, in recent history, top 10 quarterbacks don't necessarily pan out. But if you look at that list of guys that's been taken in the top 10 over the past five, 10 years, these guys are thrown onto the field in year one and they don't sit. Maybe that's the issue. Maybe the issue is not taking a quarterback at four. Maybe the issue is the fact that you take a quarterback four and you're pressured to have to play him in year one, game one. Who says you have to? No one No one says you. Josh Rosen is a perfect example of that because he was thrown into the situation. He was sacked like 47 times. Where Matt Ryan is best case scenario where the Falcons, he started from day one, but they had a running back, Michael Turner, who literally like ran 300 times. Like he wasn't being forced to just feed the ball to people. Like Matt Ryan was in a good situation. And that's what people overlook all the time. Some of these quarterbacks are in situations where they're not really given the chance they deserve. Um, they, teams give up on them way too quickly. Uh, and like I said, offensive line play is everything. If Rosen's not sacked, I think it's like 40, 47 times or some absurd number in his first season. You know, maybe if you cut that in half and he has actually good protection in an offense at the time that didn't have DeAndre Hopkins and stuff, maybe he actually turned into something. I don't know. But, yeah, a lot of it is the situation they're forced into. Falcons, you know, thankfully had Matt Ryan in a situation where he could start year one and not get killed for it. Yeah, and I think the other piece of this, too, you know, is you have to remember with Ryan – None of us here, if if the Falcons make a different pick and they signal that they're going forward with Ryan for a bit, I'm not unhappy about that. I love Matt Ryan. You know, Matt Ryan is still a, a really good quarterback, especially Arthur Smith. I truly believe he can win with Matt Ryan. So we're not rooting for, you know, him to, to leave town or anything like that. That's not what this is about. This really is about do you have a, a continuity plan in place? And I think if the Falcons really had no intention of thinking about that, they would have said so. Um, and there were ways that they could have come out and just said, Matt Ryan is our quarterback. You know, maybe they don't cut Ben Kurt in the first place. Maybe they sign a veteran backup by now. You know, there were ways to signal that that was their plan for this year. And the fact that they haven't means they're thinking about it. And so I think we have to at least think about it. And if they don't go in that direction at the end of the day, like I said, there's not a lot of roads they can take that would really make me unhappy this year. Um, so, you know, you, you can win with Ryan in the short term. I believe that if it happens, you know, none of us will be unhappy as long as they get a good enough player or a good enough return for that pick. Yeah. If they don't yeah. go that road, at least have a plan in place. Don't have the mentality that, oh, we're going to get a quarterback when we need one. Yeah, and and also you have to if they if the plan is to roll with Ryan and just hope he just doesn't fall off a bridge. Basically, um, you're going to have to invest in the defense because everybody likes to point to like the Buccaneers with Brady. 
But the Buccaneers had a tremendous defense. Like Brady didn't just take them to the Super Bowl. Like that defense was amazing. Um, they they don't get enough credit because obviously it's Tom Brady, you know, the goat, whatever you want to call him. But the defense supported him just as much as anything. The offense was fine, whatever, but it wasn't the only reason they were there. The defense was a big part of it. That offense didn't really hit its stride until the first game against Atlanta, which is yeah, what, yeah, 12, true. Mm-hmm. The defense held the fort the entire time. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, we're going to talk about some non-quarterback options at four here in just a second as well, guys. Um, I did want to get to George's most recent question. Um, yeah, so he said, why draft a quarterback when we can't move Ryan for two years? We, we can move Ryan next year. Um, so remember that, that – that you can move Ryan next year. Obviously, it's not great financially. Um, you're still going to save probably like $8 million if you trade him um, in March. But they can. They can they can move on next year if they want to. It could be two years. We don't know. Um, but they, they can move him. So the other thing that you mentioned was Fields faced, you know, why did Fields look bad against Indiana and Northwestern? Northwestern was the fifth best defense in college football. I know you're trying to dunk on Northwestern for not being good. They were the fifth best defense in college football in points per game. They allowed 15.9 points per game. Northwestern is not a bad defense. Um, that is that is by far the best defense he played all year. And I include, I mean, obviously Alabama, probably a better defense. They did allow more points per game. You know, you have to take into account conference and all that too. But... Um, Northwestern was a good defense. Anyway, you slice it. Indiana, a top 20 defense as well. Um, not as good, obviously, but uh, they were, you know, they only allowed one more point per game than Alabama. Um, so these were not pushover defenses. These were both top 20 defenses. Um, you know, Indiana, 6-2. and two, Northwestern, 7-2. and two. These are not bad teams. So, you know, uh, Zach Wilson turned into a pumpkin against Coastal Carolina. Not like Coastal Carolina is bad or anything, but like these guys lose games. It's college football. Like they're they're gonna Josh lose. Allen lost, Josh Allen lost to Eastern Michigan his last year. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Josh Allen's college tape was disastrous. So yeah, he was real bad, man. Um, but yeah, uh, and thanks to Dave for for coming on. Uh, he had to drop out, but we do appreciate Dave for hanging out with us while he did. Um, so just want to bring that up. Like these aren't like big name programs, but they are quality. Like they were good defenses. So, and and he also says that he thinks Spencer Rattler is a better prospect. I, I don't see it, man. Um, I like Rattler. I think he has potential. Rattler is like six foot. Rattler's six foot, two hundred pounds. Um, not many players are successful at that size in the NFL. Um, the reason why Fields is getting a lot of hype, despite his great tape and all this other stuff, he has the the quarterback build, six three, two thirty. That is what they want. Like that is what you want. And Rattler is going to struggle to be a first round pick because of his size. So he's going to have to have another tremendous year to break into that conversation because he's facing, you know, those size questions. Obviously we've seen people make it work. Um, Russell Wilson, of course, uh, Baker to some extent has also been pretty good despite not having ideal size, but it's rare. So just something to keep in mind. And also he, he ends with pits. So on that note, you know, let's get to pits, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, Kyle Pitts, almost certainly the pick at four if it's not a quarterback and it's not a trade down. Um, and if you guys want Pitts, I don't blame you because Pitts is awesome and the thought of him in Atlanta is really, really fun. Um, it, it does sound really 
exciting and fun. And if we're being, you know, honest, cause we're examining all options here, drafting pits at four is the likely best player available, depending on your board. If Justin Fields is there, maybe there's a chance that you have Justin Fields higher. Um, but otherwise Pitts is going to be the best player available. He should be a transcendent talent, uh, transcendent talent. But remember guys, other positions bust other than quarterback. So it's still a risk, even though he, you know, is arguably the best player, you know, in the draft in terms of pure talent. Um, but I like Pitts. He is a special player. I would be happy to consider him there. Uh, Eric, what are, what are your thoughts on Pitts at four? If that's the route that his team decides to go. I'm fine with it. Um, I, I can understand why, um, and I can I also understand what he brings to this offense and, and how his presence on the field will really elevate this offense going forward. And I'm talking about just, you know, in, in pretty much all aspects. Um, I, like I say, I get it, man. I really do. The thing with him, though, um, and I pointed it out before, you know, Yes, he he's a tight end at the end of the day. Let's just let's just be honest about it. He's a tight end. Um, so there are a level of expectations. And I feel, you know, you don't the last the last tight end that was taken in the within the top five was back in the seventies by the Broncos. So tight ends are not drafted this high. And I, I feel that with his selection comes lofty expectations. He better be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, it's gonna. I mean, yeah, it's gonna be rough for him because the. I mean, it's yeah, and uh, it's gonna be wild. Like people are gonna expect him to be like immediately a top five NFL tight end. Um, he better be. And like he has, I think, a better chance than a lot of tight ends right. coming out to do it because he is a really, really accomplished route runner and he is a serviceable blocker. So it's not like he has a lot of holes in his game. Um, right. You know, so he certainly has a chance to come in and make that instant impact. Uh, but. Yeah, and like I do actually want to touch on this real quick because Bubba Gump mentioned it, um, that Pitts isn't just a tight end. And you're right, but I think people have to be careful because if you call Pitts a wide receiver, I don't think he's as valuable. I think a tight end that can do the things he does is actually more valuable to you than a wide receiver. Um, I think he's a tight end that is slowly uh, changing the tight end position to an extent. Yeah, like... Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. And like, I, I think, like, if you want to say that he's a tight end that gets wide receiver targets in terms of like how many targets he's going to get, that's absolutely true. So, right. Yeah, Evan, did you have a take on Pitts as well? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not comparing the two players, but you know, a lot of the tight ends have more of the blocking background, but they can be dominant, you know, as receivers because uh, Darren Waller, who's one of the better ones right now, he. I believe he was drafted by the Ravens as a wide receiver and then converted to tight end. So, yeah. So, I mean, even if he, his blocking isn't the great, I don't, I don't know how his blocking is, but he can definitely improve it because Darren Waller never really blocked as a wide receiver. And then all of a sudden now he's one of the best, you know, right now he's definitely a top five tight end. Yeah. He's okay. Yeah. I'm not going to sit here and say that he'll be the best blocking tight end on the team. That's definitely not going to be the case. He's okay. Um, but I feel, like I said, I think he's he is the one that's going to elevate the tight end position. He's going to change it to an extent because he can do what Kittle and Kelsey does, but he's 25 pounds lighter. Um, 
something. It's, it's not often you see 240-pound tight ends come into the league and be able to be as athletic as he is. And, and I think that's why he's changing his position, in my opinion. Yeah. I think right now, too, it's important for everyone. Obviously, none of us know this new regime, what their thoughts are, because they've been keeping it, you know, aside from all the smoke screens that's being blown out there. Like, they're keeping it a secret, which is great and everything. But you need to, if you're on the pro Justin Fields or Lance thing, start actually trying to understand the people on the tight end side because it'll keep your your expectations from being, like, upset at whatever happens here because we're in a great spot regardless. And if you're on the trade down spot, understand what these people who are pro quarterback at four, you know, Hell, throwing Sewell too, and you know why? Why do they want the offensive tackle that high? Like there, there's so many good decisions here. I like Pitts. If they took him at four, I would be perfectly fine with it. I wouldn't be upset if they go quarterback at four. I'm perfectly fine with it. I because I'm understanding all these different things. That's why I find myself every day kind of flip flopping on what I want. Because to be honest, I would hate to be in this position, like to actually make this decision, because it's going to be so easy to criticize in like five years. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah there's definitely gonna be people clipping us from this show being like oh you said x player was gonna be good and he sucked it's like yeah it comes with the territory when you do draft takes so <laughs> yep i mean but like in this kind of year where there's so many roads to go down i, I keep mentioning 2008 because it was such a big year and it could have went down a t- you know totally different path for this franchise um if they you know did go like dorsey then it's like did Maybe Matt Ryan didn't have – he probably would have went to Miami. Maybe he didn't have a great career there or whatever, and maybe Dorsey was good for us. Like, there's so many – just don't get wrapped up on the what-ifs, where this could go. Just you got to give it time. Whatever they go with, you know, at least they seem to have some sort of plan. So that's all I care about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's fair. It's totally fair. Yeah, so, like, Pitts is the, the top one, and I think if you, like, really want Pitts for the Falcons, as we said, totally reasonable, no problem whatsoever with that. Um, we were, we are going to talk about Panay Sewell too, cause I think he's the other name worth mentioning before we do that. Want to thank, first of all, um, want to get your actual chat name so I don't mess it up. Yeah. Dylan Spires, uh, for the $10 donation, brother. Thank you so much. We appreciate that, man. Um, and then also we have another, uh, question from Ulysses Ventura. Um, how involved do we think Arthur Blank is on draft night? I don't think he's involved. Um, I think he has made his thoughts known on the process, but I don't think he's ever been an owner that's like really involved on draft day. Um, I'm not even sure. I mean, he's probably in the war room just because it's probably entertaining. and I would like want to hang out there if I was the owner, but um, I don't think he's like inserting himself uh, or really taking part in like a significant way other than to just support his guys. And I'm sure they've had discussions about what blank is thinking and that sort of thing. But I think ultimately he hired the coaching staff and Terry Fontenot because they see eye to eye. I don't think this is a situation where blank is going to like run in and say like Mac Jones, no matter what, you know? So I think, I think he stays <laughs> almost far. He stays out of the way. The only he time, does. the only times I can feel he was actually uh, giving input was a couple years ago when they really wanted to upgrade the offensive line. Um, and I, I think he, he kind of stressed that a little bit, like we need to get some bodies. And I think that's why you saw two two linemen drafted, two linemen signed the free agency. Um, and I think he probably had some input on the Julio trade too. But outside of that, I think he just stayed out of the way. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think he has a general idea of what they're going to do, and I'm sure they've talked about it. But other than that, I don't think he's like, uh, you know, Jerry Jones who's going to like sprint in there and demand they take someone. Like, <laughs> that's not going to happen. Uh, that's not his his thing. Um, yeah, that's why they're going to Super Bowl. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Penisul is an option for the Falcons at four. It seems to have kind of fallen out of favor because most folks seem to think that some combination of Kyle Pitts is a better prospect. I think he is, um, and also that the Falcons have maybe as many as three tackles <laughs> that are all, you know, obviously Matthew is very good. Uh, you know, McGarry will see, Matt Gono will see, but looking like at least solid. So they have three tackles, and you'd probably be asking, you know, your top four left tackle pick to play guard for at least a year or two before playing tackle. So it's not like it's ideal, but... I don't think it's completely out of the question the team views Sewell as, you know, the best player at the position that they're actually trying to target and bolster, which would be offensive line, especially given Arthur Smith's, you know, building up of the trenches at his time in Tennessee. So do you guys think, either of you think that Panay Sewell is like realistically an option? Um, yes. Or is it, you know? Yes. Yeah. Probably. He I should mean, for be. Me it's I mean, he's likely, but yeah. Well, I, was, I, was I mean, he's the best tackle. So yeah. in my opinion, I, I so. would say there's probably a ten to fifteen percent chance. It's a low. It's a low chance, but it's still an option. I, I would say yeah. so. Yeah, it's definitely. I mean, Matt, Matthews. It, it, it's it's the same kind of argument for quarterback, just kind of a lesser importance. Like offensive lineman is especially offensive tackles so important and often goes ignored by fans and stuff. But if you've got the chance to get one who can be your, you know, tackle for the next decade, hopefully, or more. Um, usually you do it, but there's so many other factors here, like we've been talking about with the quarterbacks and maybe trading down or, you know, the insane talent of Kyle Pitts, that that's kind of, I agree with here, kind of like if you're looking at options, probably option four. Um, but it's not like you, you would be, oh, man, they took Sewell. That sucks. Like, this dude's really good. Um, so, yeah, I think he, he would have to to for those that are still wondering, he would have to play left guard. Yes, mm-hmm. he'd probably have to play left guard this year. Yeah, I think he's the best option to play left guard because he was recruited as a guard. <laughs> yeah, so I would not want to put Jake Matthews there. No, no, I yeah, I no. don't I, think he's been doing left tackle this whole time. It wouldn't make sense, you know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think they're going to move Matthews. Um, it might be like if Sewell's that good, you know, once Matthews' contract is up, you let Matthews walk, and then you put in Sewell at left tackle. But, yeah, they're not going to displace their good to great left tackle to play a rookie. I think in that scenario, if they were to, you know, wipe their hands clean of Matthew and his contract, is then I think Sewell would be like 24 or something. Like that. Yeah, so plenty of time left. Yeah, super young, and you know, you can just slide him over at left tackle. Yeah, yes, that's one of the benefits of Sewell for sure. Um, all right, so finally, we're going to talk about trading down as the last option for the Falcons. Um, to me, this is like my second choice. Um, this is my first, yeah, I know you're so yeah, why don't you go ahead and talk about why a trade down could be a a good idea? I'm always team trade down in every draft, I don't care. Um, I always want to accumulate picks, not only for the present, but for the future. 
I look at what the Dolphins are doing, and I absolutely love what they're doing right now. Um, the next three years, they have maybe five or six picks within the first two or three rounds over, over the next three drafts. Like, that is that is what I want to see a team do. Um, I'm always trade down, man. It doesn't even matter, especially in a draft like this where the, the, the guys at the top half of where they're drafting are not necessarily needs. Um, so it would make sense to fall back. Um, plus – they they need they got holes everywhere, man. Why why not get a couple of extra players? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it makes sense. And depending <laughs> depending where you trade back to, you might end up with the best defensive player or second defensive player in the draft. Which we need defense. Like it's not like you're doing BPA. You're doing BPA that stuff you need probably. So good point. And I'm pretty sure Kevin was going to bring that up, but I think it's it's not the aspect of trading down. Is more of where do we likely see them trade down? Me personally, I would rather for them to trade down and still stay in the top 10. So that, that means Denver at nine, Dallas at 10 are the two teams that come to mind. But if there is one team that I would bet my money on as trading up, it would be the Patriots at 15. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they'll be the one that'd be willing to, to offer the most chips in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, that does. Plus, if you if you buy into the the Jerry Jones obsession with Kyle Pitts, and they know, hey, you know, hey, uh, Denver wants to come up. Can you offer us a little more? I'm sure Dallas would be like, yeah, shit, we don't care. Yeah, we I mean, want Kyle Pitts really bad. I mean, just who? Just because who he is, he's Jerry Jones. So, you know, I I see this rumor, and if it's true, it's your fault for letting it get out there like that. Right. But yeah. Now I know you. <laughs> So how bad do you want him? I mean, right? Yeah. I oh, do you think Jerry Jones would be cool if they were like, "Hey, Jerry, listen, we were going to do it, but they wanted another fourth round pick next year." He would slap shit out of everybody if they didn't do it. <laughs> yeah, that would be. I, I will also tell Jerry. Remember, we played you guys this year, so you'll probably have to see Kyle Pitts unless you just give us some more picks and trade up together. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, but um. Yeah, so I, I do think a trade down is reasonable. Um, again, like like Eric mentioned, it's going to depend on the amount of compensation they can get, the potential you know spots that they're trading down to. Um, Eric mentioned New England, uh, the the Broncos at nine, probably the one I would say is most likely to happen. But you know, Detroit at seven, another option. Um, that's kind of not being talked about as much. They don't have, um, picks, they, don't have a t- they don't have a ton of picks. Um, well, no, actually, they, they do have extra picks, right? Because of all the Matt Stafford stuff. They got two firsts from the Rams because of that and some other stuff, I thought. But, well, for this year. Like, I, oh, yeah, I mean, they don't have a ton this year, but we could potentially get future picks from them. So I want to I ask you guys this, because the rumor came up this week. How much conviction are you guys putting into the possibility of the red uh, – Washington football team trading up from ranking. Yeah, I mean, I did, I did a mock of that, um, and obviously the Falcons can get a crazy return for that. Um, and I, it does put them, I think, in position to draft a very good player at that point in the first round, like a Jalen Phillips, Elijah Vera Tucker, someone like that. Um, so, like, I'm interested uh, if they're willing to pay the amount that we know that we know that pick and that sort of move would be worth. But yeah, I mean, 
Yeah, Washington, Chicago are probably like the furthest the Falcons could trade down. Yeah. The, the reason I kind of think it's legit is the phrasing. It wasn't just, oh, the Washington's interested in maybe moving up. Like, <laughs> it sounded like they were, I don't know what the exact quote was, but they were basically willing to throw the farm at us. Yeah, and like blow all they need a quarterback. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, okay. Well, that's a little more than they're discussing it or something, you know? Um, I would, I mean, I wouldn't hate it just because that phrasing, if they're willing to throw everything at us, I mean, it'd be hard to say no. I will not turn that down. Uh, yeah. yeah. In a heartbeat, even, even if Denver allows me to stay in the top 10, but if, if mm-hmm. Washington is offering a swap of first, a second, third, a fourth, and another second next year, maybe, or another first in 2023, man, I'm hopping on that, dude. Like, they're, if they're willing to do yeah. a Mike Dicka like trade, mm-hmm. who will be like, yeah. Yeah. another thing, too, is if you're pro trade down, you should be praying every night that the 49ers, you know, possible smoke screen on the whole Mac Jones. If they take Mac Jones at three, that's the best thing that could happen for a trade down because all of a sudden you're going to have teams that might be zeroed in on fields or might be zeroed in on Lance who might be turned off obviously because one of those guys is gone. If San Francisco takes them, if they take Matt Jones, now you have all of them coming at you and that's the yeah. best case scenario for trading down. And Pitts as well. So you, you're going to have yeah, two, yeah, I'll, yeah. two quarterbacks and Pitts still on the table. So yeah, I, that, that would be. Oh, and Sewell. That would be delicious. Right? Yeah. yeah. That'd be wild. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I agree. Like, I, I do think that uh, I, I would love some sort of crazy trade down, and it's very possible that could happen. And that is the only thing that gives me pause about quarterback at four, because, like, maybe they do like Lance, but do they like Lance enough to tra- to turn down, like, three first-round right. picks and extra yeah. from Washington? Like, I don't I don't know that I like Lance that much. I mean, I do like Lance a lot, and it's, like, Lance for one top-five pick? Sure. That's a great deal. But I think the only one you really say no is like if it was Lawrence, maybe if you were oh, that yeah. confident in, yeah. no. but like everything else, I would have a hard time saying no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I mean, because a lot of these picks from, from Washington, for example, they're, they're all in the middle of the round. So again, it, it, it would be hard to say no to that. Even yeah. though I'm like Lance, I may like Fields. Oh yeah. They're, will, they're willing to give me their entire draft along with a first rounder next year. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think mine, that's what mine was. It was like next year's first, uh, two thirds and a fourth and like a bunch I, of stuff, yeah. I think of it this way. You trade that far down with Washington, you get an extra three, four, maybe five picks this year, depending on how greedy they are. You can all, now you really do have the ammo to trade back into the first, if or you to want to, yeah. to, you know, to to you know, um, to the top of the second or whatever. Like you mm-hmm. really do have a lot of ammo at that point to even move some more. So yeah. I, I, I don't see how you can turn that down. No, I don't either. So like, yeah, I mean, I think if a team does come with that sort of move, which might be what's necessary to get the Falcons to move off, um, then I think it would be hard. I mean, like, I don't think I would pass on Fields if he were there, no matter what. But for, for Washington's draft, yes, because I view Fields as you know, I, I love Fields. I, I, I think I was it Washington's like it purely was for, Lance. for Lance, though. It was for Lance, yeah. So, yeah. okay, um, 
But yeah, so that, I mean, maybe if Fields is there, that means San Francisco took Lance, and then Washington wasn't interested anyway. So, um, but yeah, it, it would be yeah. I, I think for Lance, I would probably have to take Washington's offer if it was that ridiculous. But for Fields, I don't know if I could pass on Fields. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's it's totally reasonable. And like, if they really are interested in trying to win with Ryan over the next three years, um, then that is the best way to do it: is to just load up on picks um, and just try to reinforce this team with like two or three really good and drafts. Also you can use, you know, all of a sudden you have all these extra picks, especially later rounds. You can take a flyer on one of these quarterbacks. I know people talking about Mond and uh, Davis. Was it my, what was his name? Davis mills or whatever yeah, mills. Yeah. Yeah. Davis mills. Um, take Very a, new. you know, flyer on one of those because you can afford it. Like you're not like, you know, you'll have all these extra picks. So why not? Yeah. Yes, that's totally on the table. And then God forbid one of them turns out to be pretty good, right, which is yeah. totally possible. It is. Then you don't have to worry about quarterback. And you have first-round picks in you know the next couple of years where you can use it on best defensive player or whatever. Right, so. right. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. So, yeah, I mean, I think if I had to rank it, I would say that there's about a 50% chance that the Falcons will be taking either Lance or Fields at four. Um, about a 30% chance they will trade down and about a 20% chance they will take Kyle Pitts um, at four. So all three are definitely possible. Those are all chances that are pretty good to happen. Um, I would be pretty surprised if they don't take a quarterback personally, um, but I wouldn't be like mad. Like if they take Kyle Pitts at four and not a quarterback, I won't be mad. Like I'll be like, okay, they want to win with Ryan. That's fine. At this point, we just don't know. Like they've been very careful mm-hmm. to hide their intentions about what they want to do for the team. Um, and they've been very careful to couch, you know, Ryan's restructure as like, oh no, no, we just had to do this to get money. And they did. So, you know, it's a good argument, but um, they've positioned themselves in such a way that all three of those options could be very, very good for the team. They're just different flavors of the same thing so everyone here in this chat unless there's saints fans in here i can't be sure wants the falcons to be the best team they can everyone's trying to to do that in the way they think is best for me i think it's securing the future with you know a new franchise quarterback but to you and to george you know that might be kyle pitts to others that might be we need to trade back and amass all these resources i think all of those are good plans and that's part of why it's so exciting just try to you know respect your fellow Falcons fans opinions and, and don't take everything so personally. Cause it's getting really heated out there on those Twitter streets. Um, That's why I say understand the opposition because nobody is wrong currently. Like yep. maybe in 10 years, you can go back and dissect everything when you know how these careers turn out. But I mean, what if, uh, you know, Pitts is a bust and the quarterbacks are busts and Sewell was the right decision. Like, you can't throw it in people's faces. These are all good decisions. We're in a good spot. It's just there's so many roads to go down. Nobody's sure which one is the correct one, and that's fine. <laughs> we haven't been to the future yet. So Yeah, exactly, exactly. So before we have a couple more questions, uh, a couple more donations to get to before we wrap up um, with more draft talk. Uh, before we do that, guys, want to remind you to check out, if you're interested in supporting the show on a monthly basis, you can check out our Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash Falcoholic Live. Uh, that we have uh, some special Q&A sessions that we do for just our patrons. Those are a lot of fun. Also, some exclusive content is going to be coming out there over the rest of the offseason. So check that out if you're interested in that. 
Please do like and subscribe to the video if you're enjoying the conversation. And again, just thank you guys for tuning in. We appreciate you. So first question is from Theo Stathakis uh, with the $3. Thank you, Theo. We appreciate you. Uh, he says, so why don't we get our quarterback or pits at four and then trade back into the first round for defense? It seems like we do have the capital. The problem with that trade is that moving back into the first is going to require a day two pick probably maybe you could get away with like a fourth runner since ours is really early uh if you're going like a couple of spots but getting back into the first round is expensive the falcons don't have a lot of capital on day two they have two picks they do have a crap ton on day three they have three fifths and two six so like they certainly have the ability to move up on day two the ability to move up on day three multiple times if they wanted to um but if you're trading away all of those fifths and sixths, you're going to be hurting the depth. And like, I, it is possible that that could happen, Theo. I just doubt it because they really desperately need nine rookies <laughs> to fill out the roster. Like they just do. Um, so like if they don't trade down and pick up a bunch of day two picks, I don't think a trade up earlier than like day three is really going to happen because they back themselves into a corner where they actually need that many rookies on day three to, to fill out this team. So uh, keep that in mind. Um, and then finally from show you right with another $5 brother. Thank you so much for your support, man. We appreciate you. He says, what about we trade down to Washington, then trade back up to take pits kind of like the dolphins, right? Boom. <laughs> What do you guys think about that? I, I mean, it, uh, it's maybe creative. you gain like, I mean, it's possible. You might be able to somehow gain like a fourth rounder or something out of it. But yeah, it seems a little I don't know. That seems, yeah. it seems very I'll, galaxy I'll, brain. I'll you, if, if, if the Falcons trade down from four and don't take Pitts, how long do you think Pitts is going to, it's actually going to last? Like he's Until not, pick six. He's like, <laughs> so you trade up to five or not? He could I mean, go five. He could go five. He's not making it past six, though. <laughs> like, we got, we're got, we in a good situation. The Bengals are in a very good situation. Yeah, the Bengals are just – they're top three on the board right now. They'll just probably take whoever falls. To like, if they take Chase, Sewell, or Pitts, they'd be perfectly yeah. happy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so – yeah, those are, you know, good questions. That last one was pretty fun, so thanks for that one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's very creative, <laughs> very creative. I don't think it's likely, but, you know, very creative. So, um, yeah, guys, well, we've done an hour and 50 minutes of this debate. I feel like we only still scratch the surface. I feel like there's a lot more to dive deep on. Um, but we still have two more weeks, two more shows, uh, one of which will be a live mock draft, obviously, because I know you guys are craving those. So we'll, the Wednesday before the draft, we will do another live mock draft on here. Are we are we going to commit the full show to the mock draft? We should, you know, it would be <laughs> fun. Have each of us do our own and then explain why they made that pick. Yeah, if you wanted, I don't know. Just... yeah, we got to workshop it. That could be good as well. Uh, it could be exciting. So yeah, we we will do another live mock draft before the draft hits. Uh, we'll be obviously be doing more shows over the next couple weeks. Um, we're working on getting some more excellent guests on for you guys too, uh, especially in the off season. We think we're going to be able to get some interesting folks on here to talk to you guys. Um, mm. But guys, uh, let me, before we sign off, let me thank my co-host this evening. First of all, Evan Birchfield at Evan Birchfield on Twitter, director of guest personnel, Evan, anything that you're working on, you'd like to plug. 
Um, no, I'm just doing my thing, I guess. So yep. yeah, Calling just them up. you know, go to falcolic.com. Oh, I got something exciting next week, but I can't say anything yet. So okay. just go to falcolic.com and read everything or just click it. We don't, we don't care if you read it, just click it. It'd, it'd make everybody yeah. happy. I mean, it's up to you um, to finish the article, but if you click it, I won't. Yeah. Finish. Yeah. So. Yeah, I will be just as happy. So yeah, just stay tuned to falconk.com. Uh Kevin does his good YouTube videos explained in different players and such. And maybe there'll be a Patterson one. Who knows? So but I guess I'm doing more of Kevin's plug right now. So Oh yes. Yeah. Well thank you. Yeah, that saves me some some words. So thanks for that. Yeah. Also with this <laughs> You've been show. talking a lot, so exactly. Yeah, I appreciate break. that. A minute to breathe here. Yeah, so uh NDY, he says, just pass on the pick. It's too much stress. Yeah, <laughs> just skip it. Yeah, that's a, that's. A, I haven't heard that one yet, so that 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 could be an option as well. Just don't take anybody at four. Yep, just be like, we don't even need it. Technically, yeah. technically, you can let time expire and just kind of sit by. Yeah, it's happened before. Yeah. What a way! What a way for this regime to kick off. The- <laughs> they just forget to turn in the card. Yeah. If anyone ever bet on that, they'd be a millionaire. So. If that's not a do it. That's not a omen. I don't know what. It is. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't think that's, that's not going to happen. We don't even, you know, consider that, uh, yet TD dub one. Yes. We will be live day one and day two, day three. Maybe, <laughs> maybe you want to do day three, Eric. Is that what you're saying? Maybe we can do like, I'll come on day three. I don't, I don't know who the hell those people are anyway. So I, mean, I do. I'm good. A tiny number we, of them. We, 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 we pushed through it last year, man. Yeah, we, we, we did. We might do day three. We might. We'll see if we have if we have enough people on. I mean, if there's like hundreds of you guys going to be there, then yeah, we'll probably do yeah, it. So we'll <laughs> yeah, so it's up to you guys to fulfill okay, your bargain. We would that day three is brutal, man. Jeez. Next show, yeah. next show have a poll. Next week have a poll for would you t- tune in to day three? Oh, yeah, man. yeah. Oh, people will. The degenerates, you. yeah, the real, the real degenerates will for sure. Y'all need it. Y'all need help. Get help. Yeah, get some help. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guys. Also with us today, Eric Robinson. He's at underscore Eric underscore Robinson on Twitter. Eric, anything that you're working on, you'd like to plug? Uh, yeah. Um, in the middle of putting together another scouting report for uh, Asante Samuel Jr. So be on the lookout for that. I will have my final mock draft probably next week sometime. Um, so, yeah, so be on the lookout for that. I do have um, a fresh mock draft that's out for Patrick Sertan Jr., so be on the lookout. Well, go ahead, you know, head to the Falcoholic site and check that out as well. Um, and just, you know, just while you're at the Falcoholic site checking that out, just stay there. Check out everything else, man. We we covered literally everything, top to bottom, and we do it for you guys. Yep, yep, we do it for you guys. So. Yep. Enjoy that stuff. Yeah. Falcoholic.com guys. Um, if you haven't somehow seen the site and you just happened to cross this show, uh, that's where all of our written content is. We have a lot of tremendous contributors on there. Um, and it's really good content, you know, lots of stuff every day. Um, so if you're not getting your Falcons news from the Falcoholic already, you know, you should be, um, and chat will, will get you sorted out there. Um, not gonna get it anywhere else. Yeah, so. I mean, who else do you have to choose from? I mean, that's not the best endorsement, but you know. Well, the difference is we're all fans. We're not yeah. doing this for the money. Yeah. Fans. We do appreciate your money, but we do. We yeah. do. It is. We do appreciate that. You know, it's nice for us. Um, but yeah, if we were if we were trying to make money, we wouldn't be in this business. Right. So <laughs> right. my, my son and I get to have two hot dogs this week. Yeah. 
Man, if he's lucky, you can cut it up, put on some mac and cheese. <laughs> and, and with, with your with your Patreon support, yes. maybe a bag of maybe chips. Maybe we can yeah. add, yeah, we'll we can add some lays. We'll see. I'm sure he'll be yeah. excited for that. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, help Eric feed his kid, you know, subscribe Please. on Patreon. Yeah. Patreon.com slash Falcoholic Live, guys. Yeah. <laughs> no, guys, we do appreciate you. I'm Kevin Knight at Falcoholic Kevin on Twitter. Um, I'll have a, a new mock draft tomorrow. So look for that tomorrow being Thursday. Um, and I'm going to be starting my uh, top prospects at X position to watch for the Falcons. So I'll be doing, you know, five to 10 prospects at, we'll see if I can get through all of them, but I'll start with the important ones just in case. Um, and those will be coming out, you know, every couple days until the draft. So look for that as well. Um, and then I'll have a new video either Friday or Monday. I'm probably going to try to wait for Patterson to sign. So if he signs Thursday, then I can do it for Friday. But otherwise, it'll have to be Monday probably. But And then I'm going to do some draft ones about just a couple guys that I really like. Um, I'll probably do like Creed Humphrey, Jalen Phillips, um, a couple guys that I really like. Uh, and we'll go from there. Um, I don't know enough about quarterbacks to do a quarterback film breakdown. I'm not that talented. Um, but yeah, if you guys need quarterback takes, Derek Klassen, great. Um, Benjamin Solak, his uh, contextualized quarterback, he just came out on Draft Network. So if you're a Draft Network subscriber, you can check that out too. Tons of great data. Um, you know, those guys are who I trust for my QB evals because like I said, I'm not the best uh, footwork slash mechanics evaluator. So I take those guys' word for it. <laughs> uh, they haven't led me wrong so far. So. Uh, check the check that stuff out if you want a more nuanced take on those quarterbacks as well. But guys, we appreciate you. Uh, like and subscribe if you haven't already. Otherwise, we will see you next Wednesday for the next episode. Until then, guys, I'm Kevin for Evan and Eric and for Dave earlier and Adnan. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. We will talk to you next week.